Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, January 24th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The countdown for the AFC Championship game is underway. The Chiefs are hosting the game for the fifth straight year. That's never happened in NFL history in the AFC or NFC. And the opponent is the Cincinnati Bengals for the second straight year. A big storyline is the health of quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who suffered a high ankle sprain in Saturday's divisional round victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. That happened in the second quarter, and Mahomes, after sitting out a couple series, finished the game. Will Mahomes play on Sunday against the Bengals? Mahomes insisted after the game on Saturday that he would, and that's what Andy Reid referred to when he spoke to reporters on Monday. But Big Red wants to see Mahomes practice this week to have more information on the matter. On today's show, star columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell discuss the uncertainty surrounding Mahomes and the idea of playing with a less than 100% Mahomes. Okay, let's get started. I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys about the Jaguars game afterwards. Before we talk about the Bengals, um, let's wrap up the performance on Saturday. Uh, And of course, it, it totally relates to the AFC Championship game because of the status of Patrick Mahomes and his high ankle sprain. So um, how about, I keep reading and seeing people call it, you know, a courageous victory by the Chiefs and and, um, and Patrick Mahomes, one of his best moments. But does this fall under that category to you, Bahe? It, it does in a different way. And I and Sam and I were talking about this, and I think, I think Sam, your headline you put together your headline on on the column you wrote that what we got out of, we were robbed of the game we might hope you'd see from Patrick, but you got a different and even better story out of it in a certain way. We've seen so many dimensions to Patrick over the years. We've obviously seen him, I, we sort of joke, but like regenerate a limb before with the kneecap and, and all these things. Certainly seen his grit and resolve before, but this was all kind of funneled into one a, kind of Really, when you get right pat, right to it, pretty astounding uh, performance based on how clearly, not just limited, but I mean, surely an excruciating pain he was. And just, I'm going to do this. Um, it's funny, I don't know if you guys follow uh, Conrad McGorkin on Twitter. He does all the memes, but he, he jazzed up one of Andy Reid as Bella Caroli and Patrick as Kerry Strug. <laughs> Uh, I missed that one. That was pretty good. And another with Patrick as Kirk Gibson at the plate. Um, I think, Sam, you might have referred to a, a Jordan moment or a Willis Reed. Uh, wow. Young Sam? Young Sam. I don't know where he Southern pulled that. Willis Reed? What had he pulled that out of? But And and the rookie of the year. Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Which, I, let me just take a moment here <laughs> to say I really appreciated that <laughs> that comparison. That was one of the favorite movies in the Kirkhoff household with the young boys. It's a great movie. Yeah, yep. Henry Roland Gardner. Roland Gardner. Yeah, yep, was the, was the character. So anyway, kudos Sam for for that. Yeah, to you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, really, right now, to you. What, what do you got? <laughs> um, I mean, I I think that it's the it's the type of game that. When Mahomes' career is all said and done, we could still be talking about, but that's only if they win these next two weeks. And it reminds me a little bit of 
um, you know, I referenced this, and Blair, you and I talked about it before I sat down to write, that that 13-second game should have been a lot more memorable game than it was in Kansas City sports history. It was still, you know, the SP's game of the year because on a national scale, people appreciated how just great that game was. But I think the, the phrasing I, I'd said to you and that I, I used it in the column was that should be plastered across billboards in Kansas City. People should still be talking about that every day. They don't because it brings up the memory of the Bengals game that followed the following week. So I think this has that same sort of sentiment. And people will want to forget about that game if they go out and lose to the Bengals afterwards. Yeah, it certainly loses its luster, right, one way or another. And, yeah. And, and to the point of, you know, look away yeah yeah 13 seconds should have been on t-shirts right and yeah. awards and and it's it's not but it you know it's you know it, it is it's one of the great games in nfl history it just comes along with a you know with, with a little bit of bitterness too for for chiefs fans i thought uh, when we saw mahomes get up and and wince and limp and you know just seemed to be in, in pain my first thought was it's broken. It's fractured. You know, it's a worst. You know, I thought worst case scenario. Uh, but in the end, while the game was in commercial break, we were watching him on the sideline. You know, arguing with with Andy Reid and others about wanting to get back into the game. So at that point, it kind of felt like it was you know it was going to be okay. Um, but the, the, I, I also had a flashback to the Browns playoff game of, of three years ago when he had the head injury and he got up and, and, and wobbled and then went back down and the, you knew then that there was big trouble. Yeah. Um, you, you don't, you know, you can't will yourself back into a game after that kind of hit. And, and then Chad Henney, of course, finished that game just as he came in and did an incredible job. The, probably the, the greatest moment of his NFL career was, uh, was that yeah. 98 yard touchdown drive. Um, but, Mahomes goes back in. He plays the second half. He, you know, the Chiefs end up winning. Um, so where, where does that all leave us now? We're recording this on Monday. Andy Reid told us a little while ago, uh, I, I believe I'm quoting him correctly here, said, he's going to play. You know, said, he said, so I, I had tweeted that out, and then I went back and listened. Um, he said, well, he told you guys, he mentioned it to you, that he's going to play. Yeah, he's, that's right. Um, he said, Mahomes so, said it. Yeah, so I still think it's the same sentiment that we're, we're, I mean, all of us are expecting Patrick Mahomes to play on Sunday. What is a little bit unclear is what the week's going to look like for him. I think when you hear former players talk about it, it's a little bit easier the day of than it is the day or two after. And I think the expectation is that he's going to be limited in practice. Andy Reid said he doesn't know yet what whether he's going to practice on Wednesday. Um, we expect that we'll be talking to Patrick Holmes on Wednesday, but if he doesn't practice, they might push that to, to Thursday or Friday too, I think. I, the bottom line is I think the Patrick Holmes we saw in the second half was good enough to beat the Jaguars, and I don't think that Patrick Holmes is good enough to beat the Bengals. I think that's a, a – go ahead, you finish Sam. Well, I just I – just, we're not sure yet if that's the Patrick Holmes we're going to get. Right. Historically speaking, with most athletes and that – general area of injury, the high ankle sprain, yeah, that is about what you can expect as far as limited mobility. The, the only asterisk I'd add to that is you're obviously you're 100% right, totally logical that, um, a, you know, let's extrapolate it to the Bengals too, a, a, a less capable Patrick Mahomes against a team 
that the Chiefs haven't been able to beat is, you know, a diminished opportunity, right? But the only thing I would add to the thought about the second half is, and, and obviously they contoured things a bit to what Patrick's limitations would be. You can see quicker passes, um, maybe a little more run, a couple, a couple things. But I think with a whole week to be thinking that way, um, it gives the chance, the Chiefs a chance to flash a little, you know, different approach, different understanding of how to best harness what Patrick can give them. A little more than they could do in real time in game adjustments. Now, what does that mean? Does that actually give him a chance to win if he's really hobbled? I, I, you know, that's why they play the game. I don't. I, who knows? But I, but I think they can work within this um, in a little different way than they might have been able to cook up in in real time on Sun Saturday. Well, the the reason that's that's accurate is because you know these guys go through on Saturday night at the, the you know they they stay in hotels on Saturday night even for the home games. And that process is going through plays that you want to run the next day. Hey, we've, we've schemed all week. You've watched this team on film. Uh, you've gone through practice. You know what what your guys are capable of doing. And they have the quarterbacks rank their plays. You know, yeah, third and yeah. short. What do you like on third and short? What do you like on fourth and short? What do you like in the four-minute drill, the two-minute drill? All those plays get ranked. And those plays last week got ranked on the assumption that Patrick Mahomes is healthy. This week, they will get ranked differently. And... Um, I think it's, you know, I, and I asked Andy Reid about this. I think it's interesting whether or not the Bengals play them differently, not just whether the Chiefs are going to be different, but but do the Bengals anticipate these going to be different? And therefore, they they play Patrick Holmes a little differently because what's been unique about this team, not only the fact that they've won three times, well, I thought your stat, by the way, I mean, 26-2 and two against everybody else in the same time span that they've gone 0-3 against this team. I'm surprised more teams haven't done what the Bengals have done defensively, knowing those numbers. And what the Bengals do defensively is their defensive linemen stay in lanes. They try and make Patrick Mahomes a pocket quarterback only. And I think the ankle might make him a pocket quarterback only. So it's just, it's a really interesting that this is the team they're facing this week after this injury. I think the Bengals um, will test him. They'll come after him. The Bengals, we know have uh, have been a team that in this you know in this stretch of success have rarely blitz drop their you know drop seven have a spy on Mahomes and kind of and rush three yeah. at times and have had success doing it so I, I wonder if this doesn't prompt the Bengals to look at uh, maybe you know maybe we against the Bills on 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 Sunday. They brought the cornerback a few a times. Lot, a lot of delayed yep. blitzes against him. Y- yes. But I, I think you're right, Blair. Does this prompt them to say, we don't think this guy has the agility on this ankle to make a sudden movement if we disguise it well? You know, the Chiefs disguise blitzes, I think, really well, too. I think it's as good as a blitzer as Legereus Sneed is. I think the way they design Justin Reed and, and Legereus Sneed to come into the backfield is one of the reasons they're so successful with it. But to your point, Blair, I, I looked up um, – some of the stats on you know how many rushers the Bengals bring versus everybody else and and the the first time that they faced the Bengals last year in the regular season they brought three guys on four dropbacks and Holmes was three for four with a touchdown in the playoff game last year they brought three guys 19 times against it was 41 percent of the dropbacks and Holmes was eight out of 15 for 77 yards and interception 
And what's really telling about that stat is four sacks, bringing only, bringing only three guys. And so I looked more into that as far as what he does in the pocket versus out of the pocket. And last year, Mahomes in the playoff game went out of pocket. Um, where is it? He went out of pocket uh, nine times. He got sacked on three of those going out of the pocket. This entire 2022 season, he's been out of the pocket 121 dropbacks. He's been sacked once. So the Bengals' whole strategy is based on if you're getting out of the pocket, we're getting you. It, you're not getting out of the pocket because something is broken down with our defensive line and you know the edge has come up too far upfield and therefore you've got this lane or we've split in the middle and you've got this lane to run up the middle. It's you're getting out of the pocket because you've got no other option in your head and we're getting you. We're ready for you if you get out of the pocket. And that's why I said it's such an interesting team that that's the one they play this week because I don't think that's the homes we're going to see this week based on the injury. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And, and boy, that's great, great data. You know, so it, it, I think the running game for the Chiefs, the running game has to play a bigger role. Isaiah Pacheco in his toughness uh, is hard running, which we saw a lot against Jacksonville. Uh, uh, we'll have to, you know, he had, I think, 90-plus yards against the Jaguars. I think it's going to have to be a ball control game for the Chiefs. Um, short passes by Mahomes so he can avoid the rush. And, and, and the way I'm describing it, it's as if I think the Chiefs have to, think like an underdog in this game you know that how do you know we've been hearing ever since Ooh. Mahomes has been the starter you know th- this is this is the the game plan for opponents keep Mahomes off the field and you know control the clock and control the ball don't turn it over given the situation here and I know the Chiefs are playing at home and and as of this moment they're a slight I think a one-point favorite but I think I think the Chiefs have to think differently. I think the Chiefs have to, you know, approach this game like, uh, like, like an underdog. And, I, yeah, and that's just that's rare a rare spot for them. It is, and I think they would have to have been been thinking that way anyway, even before Mahomes was hurt. But obviously, you know, magnified greatly by this, it does. It's it's a just a sort of a thought exercise, but it makes me wonder if you know. The game plan is predicated on that a little bit more than it might normally be. Um, how much equally equipped, if that's the right term, Chad Henney would be to conduct that exercise if, in fact, Patrick's knocked out or just can't really function properly. I mean, if, if they're looking that way anyway, delivering the more fundamental game than the dynamic game, um, what we what we what we can't possibly know is how much Patrick will have the capacity to do what normally distinguishes him, right? Which is something that you know is just off the charts, mm-hmm. uh, one way or another. The throw, the, the release angle, the, the the run. Yeah, and the other piece of what the Bengals did to the Chiefs last year is they played this like robber thief defense, which is bringing a safety. Sometimes they do it with both their safeties, and. He lines up in the middle, but you don't know which guy. The Bills do a lot of this, too, by the way. You don't know what receiver they're just going to choose to double team. And they do it a lot with Travis Kelsey. They're just taking their safety and just saying, it, it might look like Travis Kelsey has single coverage pre-snap, but we are du- we know in our minds we're, we're doubling this guy. Blair, I think you're right. They're going to have to run more quick stuff, in which case I think you're going to see more of that type of defense from the, from the Bengals. And... When I mentioned earlier that Andy Reid anticipates that the Bengals might have another wrinkle knowing what Patrick Mahomes is going through, I think that 
they're going to feel more liberty to bring their safety closer to the line of scrimmage because I think they're going to anticipate that they want Patrick Mahomes to move as little as possible and therefore these plays that take a little bit to develop other than you've got the classic go routes of course but other than those routes I you know Travis Kelsey runs downfield quite a bit too he doesn't run downfield quite as quickly as like Marquez Valdez Scantling does plus he's getting bumped on the line of scrimmage more right. frequently like it takes those routes a while to develop I don't know that the I think the Bengals might make the Chiefs prove that they can run those sorts of things. Just a quick aside, but sort of related, it, the, the guy that keeps coming into focus for me is a really interesting X factor in this game for a variety of reasons, but including what we're talking about is Kadarius Tony, whether he, in some way, some ways can fit in that sort of short to intermediate game with his quickness yeah, yeah. and and uh, elusiveness. Um, I don't know. I, I just I. I, I picture him mattering in this game. I've been waiting every game this year for the Chiefs to complete a deep ball. It finally happened in the in the final regular season game to uh, Justin Watson. But when the Chiefs acquired Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Juju Smith-Schuster, they got guys that have uh, deep uh, reception ability uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has had he has a pair of 97-yard touchdown receptions in his I think it was with, when he was with the Steelers and thought that Scantling that's what he's about supposedly and we ha- we just haven't seen that I'm just wondering if this isn't the game where there's an opportunity for that. Um, it's so- funny I don't think they've treated Marquez more that way with and you know they've just missed a couple. I can't really remember too many deep shots to Juju. I mean just shots even right. He seems to be. Generally speaking, he's going to be a mid-range guy. I feel like he's coming back to the ball, not in stride when he's getting hit 20, 25 yards downfield quite often. But I can't think of many plays where he's being, you know, just you go cut loose. I mean, they certainly right. look more to Marquez for that and even Justin Watson for that. Yeah, I mean, Juju Run plays that X spot in the Chiefs offense, which is more to offset. I mentioned that Robert defense already. It's more to offset if if they cut in on a short route to Kelsey. This other short route over here is open. I mean, he's. I think it's one of the reasons that Juju performs really well against blitzes. I think it's because he's constantly a quick option, and I think he serves more of a need than maybe the stats demonstrate. I think he allows Kelsey to be open because he runs in similar areas of the field, but um, they ran. Because of the the fact that the Bengals don't do a lot of shell defense against them the way other teams do, they anticipated that in Cincinnati. They ran back-to-back plays to Marquez down the middle of the field last year. Mahomes missed the first one. They went right back to it the very next play, and he hit them on on a third down play. But the point is both of them were open. And I do think those are the types of routes. Now, that specific play, when you run it back-to-back, I think the Bengals could be anticipating (laughs) this is in their playbook if Marquez lines up in the slot. Um, But I think that's the type of play that that could be open in the middle of the field. And we remember that in the news conference after the game, Patrick Mahomes said he was telling Andy Reid, I still want to throw deep. Um, But, heck, that goes back to the top with the original argument they had. Uh, Andy Reid usually wins the argument we found out on on Saturday. By the way, so go back to, you know, Chad Henney was talking about it at the news conference the other day. And, you know, we've understood this at least generally before. But how – if – is the quarterback really the only one who gets to rate the plays? I mean, Patrick's saying, yeah, I want to throw 
you know, make up the play call. Uh, probably has the word Arctic in it somewhere. Uh, I want to throw deep to Justin Watson, for example. <laughs> um, and, and Patrick says, that's no, the one of my... do not get in the... Is that what you're asking? Do the columnists <laughs> no. say, where's Justin Watson? Yeah, no. no, but the point is, Patrick says, that's my preference. Andy says, well, that's too bad. I mean, how does that negotiation work on rating plays for Patrick? I get the sense that it's it's sort of... Andy Reid has developed a game plan and saying this is the group of plays we think schematically might work this week. You know, let's let's pick, let's narrow it down from this list. Let's sort of use a ranking from this list. And by the way, they do the same thing with Chad Henney. I mean, yeah, Chad Henney. That was we, very again, interesting. We heard Andy Reid. Yeah, we heard Andy yeah. Reid say today that they have the same playbook, but they rank those plays differently. And Chad Henney mentioned one. You mentioned it, but they um, and what you wrote, but they, you know. Henny's got a different ranking than Mahomes does on the ones right. he picks for obvious right. reasons. Right. Anyway, it's just interesting to to picture that that back and forth. I mean, we I think have an accurate vision of the synergy between Patrick and Andy, for instance. But sometimes Andy has to be the dad and tell you to go get an X-ray. So in the three uh, the three losses, uh, all by a field goal, the Chiefs led in the fourth quarter, in all of them, at some point in the fourth quarter, and. Um, and I, I don't think any of us would think that there's a big difference in just the, the, the quality of, of those teams. But um, of the four divisional round games this weekend, as, as big as the Eagles beat the Giants, the Bengals were, to me, the most impressive team. To, to go on the road, to do it in those conditions against that team in Buffalo, um, I, I after that game was over, I – I was coming up with a way that the Chiefs were going to win, beat the Bengals, and I was hard-pressed to do it. I really was. I, the Bengals were doing everything right, everything right. And um, on both sides of the ball, and, and the Chiefs, as you know, as good as they were um, against the Jaguars and as good as we've seen the Chiefs this year, I'm, I'm not sure I've seen a Chiefs team so good that they would beat the Bengals best. What I saw on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I do think you saw the Bengals at the bat at their best, and I think one thing we can sort of get lost in outside these facilities is overreaction to like one game as defining who that team is. I mean, the Giants beat well, had a road game, a road win the week before. They got killed. Um, the Cowboys looked unbeatable against the Bucks. You know, Dak Prescott, I thought, had the best game of his life in Tampa Bay. He looked really bad in San Francisco, Santa Clara the, the next week. Um, the Bengals didn't look great against the Ravens. I thought when I watched them play the Ravens that that team's beatable. Um, I've actually thought throughout the back half of the year that the Bengals were the more beatable team. Um, I still wonder how many times they beat the Bills in that game. I think it could be 5-5, which, I mean, they destroyed them in all three phases. So... I think most people would probably say, well, the Bengals would, would beat them every time. But I, th I think a lot of it is just catching a team on a day. And we did see what the Bengals' very best is. And I agree with you, Blair, that the Bengals at their very best, I think, would require the Chiefs at their very best to win the game. I don't think that the typical Chiefs' performance beats the team we saw in Buffalo. But um, I don't think that that – I don't think it's necessarily true that that's the team we'll see in Kansas City next week. And hey, look, the Chiefs will have some say in that. Um, I don't. I don't feel like I understand enough of why Buffalo couldn't get to Burrow to say the Chiefs could or couldn't do that. But 
one sack, you know, three three linemen out, and I think another one injured during the game. That seems um, like, like like that's a Buffalo thing here too. That, that Buffalo didn't get that done. Uh, Chiefs obviously have a greatly improved pass rush this year from last year. Didn't matter in the first game against the Bengals. Had had one sack like they did last postseason. But I think a lot of this game is right there. Um, I I don't know that the Bengals can really shut down the Chiefs' offense altogether. But I'd assume the Chiefs will get into the twenties. Um, but you know, can they keep the the Bengals out of the thirties? Right, right. That, um, that's what I wonder. So there's been two of the of the three, right? Two twenty-seven, twenty-fours. Yeah, and, uh, 34, 34, 31. So yeah. okay. Vi is right, though. I mean, I'm surprised that it took us that long to mention it. I mean, the defensive line for the Chiefs against the Bengals' offensive line is, is the non-Mahomes injury key to the game. It's it's the weakness for the Bengals, and the teams that take advantage of that weakness are the teams that beat them. And the Chiefs haven't taken advantage of it the last three times they played them. That's right. Uh, I and, and the Chiefs aren't one to often have a spy type right. of yeah. linebacker yeah. or safety. Maybe maybe this week it happens. So plenty more to discuss about Chiefs and Bengals in the AFC Championship game, and we will throughout the week. But um, thanks, Sam. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. That will do it for today. Thanks to our producer George Howard and the Sportsbeat KC production crew of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Sam McDowell and Vahe Gregorian for sharing their insights. Morning Sports Edition was packed with news about the Chiefs, the NFL playoffs, college basketball, you name it, it was in there. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. <laughs>